This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Buck Sexton back with you now in Fort Glenbeck today. Thank you very much for joining. Thanks for staying with me. If you've been listening, 888-727-BECK on the phone lines. We can take some calls. It's 4th of July weekend. we got a lot to talk about. Let's hit it. But first, we're joined by my guest, Vince Colionese. He is the executive editor at The Daily Caller. Vince, always a pleasure. Thanks for giving us a ring. My pleasure. I'm glad to be here. As always, Buck, thank you. So let's talk a bit about possible Trump VPs, because yeah. why not? Uh, I'm seeing at the top of the list now, according to the reporting out there, that it's going to be, uh, I, or it, the top choices as of now are Christie and Gingrich. First, is that what your source is and what you guys are seeing down at the Daily Caller as well? And what do you think about that? Well, it's not entirely surprising. We've sort of been tracking this uh, pretty closely as well. I mean, everyone's sort of in the Veep Stakes coverage. We all sort of want to be the first to break it. Uh, and as we're getting closer now, it seems, especially given Trump's now former campaign manager's comments, that this is a very narrow list of people, around four, according to Corey Lewandowski. And the Washington Post reporting this morning, what you just alluded to, is that Newt Gingrich and Chris Christie are the leading candidates in Trump's mind, which I find to be very interesting for a number of reasons, but those two guys, more than anything, are sort of the types of guys who can go out there in Trump's preferred form, which is to appear on television and sort of forcefully defend Trump's policies, whatever they might be as the election goes on. So these guys are going to be like, you know, if, if either of them become the key surrogate as the vice presidential candidate, they're going to sort of be able to be this big, brash media figure that I, I'm a little surprised that Trump is opting for. I kind of expected him to go with somebody you know, more quiet or subdued who wouldn't necessarily have the capacity to outshine the Donald. But in this case, it looks like he's going for somebody who's very similar in, in the way that they present themselves in the media. I think, that, yeah, the conventional wisdom for a while now has been that Trump would go with somebody, uh, you know, a, a, a general Mattis to bring national security credentials, for example. Or right. I think people had, you know, somebody had mentioned I saw once General Petraeus, though I think Petraeus is a Democrat and that wouldn't work. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, going with somebody that would bring uh, a skill set and some gravitas uh, to a Trump campaign that could could probably use a little gravitas, not not a right. terrible idea, um, but certainly the Trump uh, the Trump way is to be uh, unconventional. Whether that's too polite or not, I leave to all the listeners. Uh, but let, let's take these one by one for a second. Chris Christie, y- yes, it's a, a big he's a big media persona. Uh, he's got a, a lot of sort of you know swagger and ability to mix it up with the press, and that's really one of his main skill sets. I mean, I do love those old videos of, of him essentially berating teachers' union. Uh, thugs totally. you know, screaming at them, telling them. But but do you think it's also because somewhere Trump believes that with Christie and Trump, New Jersey is in play? I mean, I know they've talked about that before. You think they really buy that? I think he's hopeful of that. I don't think there's a lot, you know, the, the conventional wisdom, for what it's worth, is that Christie won't help carry New Jersey. Uh, but Christie's valuable in a lot of other ways. I mean, just think back to Christie's time as running the RGA. He is a powerful, powerful fundraiser in the Republican Party, and he's very good at uh, impressing upon donors their need to part ways with their money for something. 
Uh, and so the Republican governors across the country have been very appreciative of Chris Christie's service because he, he really you know kept the money coming in. And I think that, first of all, you've got Trump looking at something like that. Christie's definitely close to the, the establishment infrastructure. Um, he knows how to sort of navigate his way through politics, especially look in New Jersey, where he's been able to work with Democrats across the aisle and happily, by the way. And then, of course, he's just got this sort of larger-than-life personality, which, you know, under different circumstances, if Christie had run four years ago, I think a lot of people are convinced that he could be very well have been the president. But he sort of he sort of dropped the ball on on that decision and waited far too long. And now it's kind of funny to think that the Trump campaign is actually having him answer questions as some sort of vetting. I, I just imagine Trump finding out for the first time that Bridgegate happened. Like, yeah. wait a second, this guy shut a bridge down? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Other than, I mean, the two things that I think are the, other than Bridgegate, which was largely a, a construct of the, the media, of the left. I mean, MSNBC sure. was covering Bridgegate like right. we had just been I- I- invaded by, you know, a reconstituted Soviet Union or something. I mean, they were completely apoplectic. They were freaking out about yeah, Bridgegate over there. Yeah, in a way that, that Benghazi was never covered on MSNBC. Right. I mean, so so we know that there were people that just really, for a while, really wanted to go after Christie. And I think it, it did tarnish his brand to some degree. But I think the bigger issue was when he hugged uh, Obama. A lot of people, you know, given where that was in the election cycle back in 2012, a lot of people thought that that was uh, a, a little too much. I, I leave that to them. Right. More recently, Chris Christie uh, threw in his lot very strongly behind Donald Trump. So the Veep talk in that sense makes makes some sense. And actually, if you think about it, sort of look at Trump's history just throughout time, just all the times he's been either friendly with Democrats or contributed to them or used the system to his advantage or to use bankruptcies to his advantage. This is sort of a way for if Christie wants to jump on the ticket, it all, all can be forgiven under those circumstances because Trump has always made the case like, yeah, I've sinned in the past because I was taking advantage of a system for personal gain. And now I'm going to use those skills to take advantage of this system on behalf of the American people. And if Christie can kind of get lumped in with, with that perspective of like, yeah, okay, I hugged Obama, big deal. I was trying to get state funds for my state and I was doing what, I, what was needed for my constituents. I think Christie can kind of escape any uh, sins of the past that he may have committed. The, the, the absolute sins of politics are sort of been washed away, especially in a Trump, presidency, a Trump candidacy. And uh, Gingrich, What's up with that guy? What yeah. do you think's the thinking there? Gingrich, well, Gingrich, first of all, he's a very, um, certain, nobody's going to question that he's an intelligent guy. He's, yeah, he's smart. Uh, he's definitely an outside-the-box thinker. I mean, he's probably one of the few politicians anywhere that you're talking about, you know, what's our next activity on the moon going to be. But he's like, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a big-picture thinker. He's also been um, very generous to Donald Trump on TV. I think Trump appreciates the loyalty. And again, Regardless of whatever form of media you're in, you're, we're doing radio now and certainly on the web, but Trump views television as like an amazing format for the distribution of his message. And he sort of eschewed this retail politics coming down to like the individual states. Gingrich is perfect in a Trump campaign when it comes to media strategy, right? Because Gingrich can be deployed on national television at any time and come up with coherent answers and, and defend, and defend uh, Trump well and come across as striking and intelligent. And, um, and by the way... Gingrich has been there for all the battles against the Clintons in the 90s, and who better to sort of be a vehicle for fighting the Clintons yet again than somebody who did it in the first place. Is there anybody we're leaving out of the conversation? I know you said there's four, so are, are, are the others in, in that big four or anybody else out there that you think would be uh, well, there's some, is, is worthy of, of additional ones. consideration uh, right you now? Know, you got Senators Bob Corker and Jeff Sessions who have long been bandied about. Corker, 
has has tarnished himself a little bit by going in public and fighting against Donald Trump. That's reportedly led to Trump being a little bit put off by Corker. Uh, and then in Sessions' case, Sessions is ideologically so in line with Trump's campaign that, in fact, many like Sessions' top staffers actually work for Donald Trump and are you know writing speeches for him, doing um, uh, warm up for Trump at these events. So Sessions and and Trump are closely aligned, and you know. It, so you've got guys out there who could be good, and and because they're senators, help, hopefully help what Trump is, considers a very important thing, right? Which is to navigate the legislative work of getting uh, uh, legislation passed, and these guys can be part of it. Now, one of the dark horses that I find hilarious, but is Ted Cruz. Now, this is the weirdest thing. I, first of all, I don't think you nor I see that happening, but um, the Trump campaign reportedly has been making inroads into trying to reach out to Ted Cruz to repair that relationship. And if Cruz is actually a guy who's under consideration, it's hilarious for a number of reasons, and give, especially given the fact that Trump just so viciously attacked him. But it also shows that Trump really respects Ted Cruz's ability to draw an audience, and that, and that if anyone else in the race even did it, it was Ted Cruz, right? Ted Cruz collected the most delegates beyond Donald Trump, and Trump may view that as like, hey, that's an asset. I want to bring, I want to bring the Republican Party together to get them to vote for me. You think Ted Cruz will ever endorse Donald Trump? You know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I know you're honestly, on, putting you right end, on the I won't hot be surprised seat, if but... he does. Um, but you know that. But even, but that was that was a contentious contentious primary, as we all know. I mean, just getting down to the point where Donald Trump is implicating your father in the JFK assassination. <laughs> I think that's probably a bridge too far for for. Yeah, I, the, I, the at one point I thought that Ted Cruz would eventually would eventually, for the purposes of defeating Hillary and for the party or whatever, I thought maybe he would decide. I don't I, <laughs> The more I've thought about it and the more that time it's passed, I'm like, I don't know if Ted Cruz is ever going to, I think that's probably not going to happen that he's going to yeah, step behind. Yeah, that would behind. take some impressive self-control to be able to come to that decision. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll have to see how that one, how that one shakes out. Uh, real quick before we go into break, I just wanted to give you a chance to uh, update us on what the Daily Caller is covering with regard to the email delay of uh, Hillary Clinton's, between Hillary Clinton and her aides and the Clinton Foundation. What's going on there? So this is uh, this is one of the most interesting developments. So I know you've been talking at length about Hillary herself and the FBI's investigation into her, but on on the other side of this is the extent to which her aides, four top aides that worked for her, exchanged emails during the course of her State Department tenure with the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation, and and also um, uh, Teneo Holdings, uh, which is a public relations firm that Bill Clinton helped launch. There are apparently. We just are finding out this week 34,000 documents that the State Department has control of uh, that involve communications between the, these organizations and the State Department under Hillary Clinton. That's incredible. That's a lot of documentation, a lot of communication going back and forth. And the question that these that these open records groups are pursuing is what was the substance of those conversations? Because it is essential to understanding whether or not Hillary was being purchased by donors to the foundation, right? So if foreign entities, foreign donors, or people within the United States were giving millions of dollars to that Clinton Foundation, what kind of access did they potentially buy by doing that? And, and these many, many, many communications suggest that regardless of whatever influence those donors might have had, certainly the foundation had deep, deep connections into what was going on in Hillary's State Department. 34,000 emails is nothing to brush off. 
Vince Colignese is executive editor at the Daily Caller. You can follow him on Twitter. You can also read his latest and the uh, and the latest of all the editors and writers down at the Daily Caller at dailycaller.com. Vince, appreciate your time. Thanks for calling in. What a blast. Thank you, Buck. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not going to sell your home. I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.